Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. There are 24 NFL teams still in contention for a playoff spot this late in the season, which ties the most with two weeks remaining from the last 20 years. The Saints and Bucks, obviously two of those teams with the NFC South title still up for grabs. I think all of us understand what's on the line here. Um, and, and so uh, I thought we had a good week of prep and now we just got to go out and do it on Sunday. Head coach Dennis Allen spoke to the media Friday, said the team has been focused in on ball security this week, as the Bucks have a plus 10 turnover ratio defensively with 13 interceptions and 15 forced fumbles. I mean, I think these guys, you know, traditionally they've, you know, Todd Bowles' defenses have done a good job of taking the ball away. They attack the football. They try to, uh, they're punching at the ball every, every opportunity they have. So uh, we're going to have to do a great job with ball security. Um, in this game, everybody that's got the ball in their hands um, really at the end of the day has the livelihoods of, you know, all of us in their in their hands and they got to make sure they're they're uh, they're protecting the ball as such. Safety Antoine Whitfield Jr. has been leading the charge. Winfield is the only player in the league since 2000 to have a hundred plus tackles, 10 plus passes defensed, five plus sacks and five plus forced fumbles in the same season. That doesn't even include the fact that he has had an interception in three straight games at Raymond James Stadium. He's someone the Saints have taken notice of. Here's wide receiver Chris Olave. Yeah, he's flying around, man. He's, he's, a, he's a great player. Uh, I know we, we all know where he's going to be at uh, in the backfield, so uh, we got to keep an eye on him. But uh, they got a lot of great players uh, around the whole field. So Olave has been playing through an ankle injury he suffered against the Panthers three games ago. Despite the injury, the second-year receiver has already surpassed 1,000 receiving yards on the season and is two yards shy of passing his rookie total. Oh, it's crazy, man, just to think about that. Uh, I was going through a, a little slump in the middle of the year, but just to have 1,000 yards in, in 14 games is huge. So uh, you can look at it good and bad, but I know I could get a lot better too. So. Uh, I know the standard is, is real high uh, for me uh, by myself, but uh, I know a lot of other people depend on me too, so uh, I, I know I can get a lot better. Olave grabbed his eighth career game of 100-plus receiving yards last week against the Rams. It'll take another productive game from quarterback Derek Carr and the receiving core for a chance at a W Sunday. Let's check in with WFLA sports anchor Karen Loftus for a vibe check on the Bucks. Karen, it's great to have you back on the New Orleans Saints podcast, talking Saints and Bucks as we head into the matchup this weekend. How are you? I'm good. Thank you all so much for having me on again. Big game on Sunday. It is definitely a big game. You've been there for the whole season with the Bucks, covering them from the beginning, the change in quarterback, going through some coaching changes over the past few seasons. How has this season felt being around the team and in the locker room? It's been really neat to see the development of this Bucks team. When you talk about coming off of the Tom Brady era and what that was to a new offensive coordinator, totally new offensive system, new quarterback, 
Um, you have some returning pieces, the familiar faces like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Levante David, Devin White. Um, but it's been really neat to see the evolution of how this offense has come together, like new offensive coordinator Dave Canales had said in the offseason. First-time play caller. Um, and there were a lot of question marks going into the season. How is this all going to come together? Is Coach Canales' vision going to translate on game days? And it's been cool to see the team stick with it through the stretch where they lost six of seven. Part of that was growing pains on the offensive side and trying to just stick with it and trust the process. And then part of it during that stretch was just having a ton of injuries to their defense. And now you're seeing the offense come together and you're seeing the defensive players who were injured now healthy. And it's resulted in four straight wins and a chance to win the division championship, um, the division title on Sunday. I know every team aims for that complimentary football and not only having all three phases playing well together, but having people supporting the stars, like you mentioned, you know, the Mike Evans, the Chris Godwin, who have you seen kind of step up and, and help make this more of a complete team? There have been a lot of guys further down the depth chart that have helped out. Um, and to your point about complimentary football, they're coming off a game where it was their best complimentary football performance of the season. I asked Chris Godwin about that actually after their win over the Jaguars. And I said, was that the best football you played? Cause you're talking about four total takeaways from their defense. And then the offense was able to cash in and they had 21 points off of turnovers. Um, and you saw that from guys like Kate Otten having an incredible catch. And he's had awesome moments throughout the season where he's just been needed. And he's actually fourth on the team in, in receiving yards. Um, so he's been somebody who's really stepped up. And Devin Tompkins is one. Trey Palmer has some, had some good catches. You're talking about offensively. Um, and then defensively, as I mentioned, the, the string of games where they had a lot of defensive starters out. You've seen the emergence of K.J. Britt at linebacker when Devin White and Levante David were hurt. You've seen Christian Ivian, who's a rookie, who's just been playing way beyond his years, just with a fire under him. And then you can't talk about the defense without talking about Antoine Winfield Jr., who is just above and beyond. Every single week we're talking about him. And I know you uh, wanted to maybe focus on some players down the depth chart, but I think since we were talking about the defense, I'll just – use the moment to just say how incredible he's been playing. I mean, he leads the team um, with three interceptions, five forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries. Um, he has five sacks, which is third on the team. Um, and he has 110 tackles, which is second on the team. So you're getting the top playmakers playing at the elite level that they're expected to. And you're getting some of the players down the depth chart stepping up when they're needed. When people are keen on Mike, they're keen on Chris. You brought up the turnovers, the interceptions from Winfield, but as a team, they've had 13 interceptions, 15 forced fumbles. So defensively, they're they're really dis disruptive. And then it seems like offensively, they figured out a way to you know, hold on to the ball. And Baker Mayfield has had less interceptions as the season's gone on. How have you seen that dynamic really help this team? I think that's to the point of the, the complimentary football emerging because the defense has been able to get the takeaways to your point. And that can always be a huge momentum shift. It's like the team you're playing can't score if they can't keep the football. 
but it's also what you do with that, what the offense is able to do. And when you're getting all of it coming together, I think is when you're really seeing the growth of the team. And that just builds confidence. You know, it's like the defense is now like, okay, if we get the football, that equals points because the offense is showing growth and they've taken tremendous strides forward. Um, And even just speaking to the growth in the offense in the scoring department, in weeks one through 12, they're averaging 18 points and change. And now they're averaging 28 points per game. So you go from 22nd to uh, I think now fifth in scoring in December, you're, you're seeing the growth translate in wins and in stats and in their confidence. Karen, you mentioned Antoine Winfield Jr. His name is a dirty word here in New Orleans because we saw what he did a couple of years ago against Jerry. <laughs> um, um, but, but is there a, I guess, a, a signature moment or game where this team kind of turned it this season or was it just a gradual progression? I think it has been gradual, J.D. And if you want to even look at the most recent win coming off the Jaguars' um, victory, I think for them, confidence-wise, that was one of the ones where it seemed to all come together. And to keep the win streak going, to get the points off of turnovers, and to just be playing very much in sync, and to get an early lead, too, was big. Um, But I think overall, it has been gradual. And and you look just like offensive points, too. It was like they were scoring a little more every week during that winning stretch. Granted, they went from 34 points to 30, but you're still up at that 30-point mark. How important was it for this team, I guess, to maintain their their identity defensively as as a run-stopping team? Because they're still, you know, giving up, you know, 92, 93 yards a game. And and they've done that for the last, you know, it feels like the last 10 years, but it's got to be a a six or seven-year stretch where they've been collectively probably the best run defense in the league. And that's something that the team has, has talked about since training camp. It was something that they wanted to hang their hat on. And early on, they had admitted that, you know, maybe we got away from that. We're giving up more, you know, rush yards when th- that we'd like to. And that was something that they were really circling as something, okay, we need to get back to that. We need to make sure that that's still our top priority to stop the run. And then you're seeing things come together with, with the guys who were injured, getting healthy, just everything working together, getting the pressure on the quarterback and, you know, causing him to make you know, ill-advised decisions, and then you get the the interceptions on the back end. And they've also had incredible production from two of their rookies, Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby, have just been playing well beyond their years and in tackles for loss. I think they have combined 19 tackles for loss and, you know, surprise contribution from Yaya Diaby in the pass rush department. They didn't know they were getting that good of a pass rusher because he, in his system in Louisville, he wasn't used in that regard. And Todd Bowles was saying, you know, it was a really pleasant surprise to see Yaya come on as this amazing pass rusher who leads the team and I think is tied for all, you know, top of all rookies in the league with six and a half sacks. Is Mike Evans playing his best? Because Mike Evans, of course, has this thousand yards like he does every year, but he's leading the league. Ten in straight seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Leading the league in touchdowns at 13 and, and he's doing it with a new quarterback. Is he playing his best? He is playing phenomenally. And it's funny because you say it's like, is he playing his best? But he's played at such a high level that it's like he's been playing at such a high level. But Todd Bowles, I think it was Todd Bowles that was talking about it this week because it's always a topic of conversation. You know, how good is this guy playing? Does he just keep impressing? 
And it's like, you don't want to diminish what he's doing, but he's been doing that at such a high level for so long. It's almost expected. Like Mike's going to have double digit touchdowns. He's going to have more than a thousand yards receiving because that's just what he does. Um, but Baker said, you know, many times he, he said he's a stud. He really enjoys playing with him. And he's just forever blown away about his athleticism, his physicality, talking about his second touchdown th- this past week, just being able to high point that ball and his control over his body. And Mike's even said he's he feels great. He's learned how to take care of his body as he's, you know, grown in his NFL years. And, and he thinks he's playing some of his top ball. Yeah, and he won't see Marshall Lattimore this weekend, so that always that part. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> um, we always enjoy when those two match up on the field. The best on the best, right? Exactly, exactly. Always the potential of a fight. Um, with with Baker Mayfield, um, what were your expectations of him? Because you know he didn't come in with a pristine quarterback reputation, but he is having probably his best season. Yeah, and it's been amazing to see his confidence grow and. And I haven't followed his career closely before this, but you get the impression, you know, he was a confident guy, you know, played just with the swagger. And it's been neat to see him in here in the Bucks locker room. And the guys just gravitate towards him. He has this confidence, but he's also just a likable guy. And the people, the players in the locker room were drawn to him right away. And the thing we keep hearing is Baker saying, I feel like I can be myself. And the players and coaches are liking him because he is himself. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like it's just a really good match um, with him in this locker room and the players feed off of his energy. I think earlier in the season, Todd Bowles said, you know, he's a quarterback with an offensive lineman mentality. He's not afraid to get physical and, and take some hits when he feels it's necessary. Uh, calculated risks, if you will, make sure he doesn't get hurt. Um, taking care of the football and, He's just uh, really seems like he's thriving in Tampa. Hey, what's the mood in Tampa around this team? Because, I mean, not a lot of high high expectations on this team coming into the season. And yet here it is, an opportunity to win a division championship. I mean, I understand the city has won a Super Bowl championship recently, um, but not a, not a lot of expectations on this team. And they're on the cusp of winning the division. The excitement has definitely built as the season has gone on. And you're talking about when the team that you pull for the Bucks fans are like, okay, our team can get into the playoffs this Sunday. They can win the division title for the third straight season. So maybe it was like a skepticism with anybody with the unknown. And again, coming off of Tom Brady, it's like, okay, well, where do you go from there? And I think that Baker Mayfield was a pleasant surprise to many people, those who may have doubted him or doubted offensive coordinator Dave Canales. You're like, okay, what can Baker Mayfield do with a new offensive coordinator who's never called plays in the NFL before? And, you know, I think fans can be skeptical sometimes. Um, And then you go on a four game win streak and the excitement is seems pretty high. Speaking of the fans, you covered the Saints, worked here in the New Orleans area for a while. So you're familiar with both fan bases. It, it, it's been up and down at times here, very passionate group. How would you compare the two? Oh, interesting question. I feel like you can't compare the two. I feel like any NFL city that you go to is going to have a fan base that's unique to that that team and the history of the team and what the fan bases have been through and, you know, everything like that. So it's, it's tough to compare them. Um, 
but it's been fun to to be around Tampa fans and and see them show up for the for the Bucks and you know give them a home field advantage and and fear loudly for them. Sure, you've covered a number of Saints Bucks matchups, the NFC South here in New Orleans, there in Tampa. What what is the dynamic of of this matchup? Because we've we've talked a lot about the Falcons being the rivalry with the Saints, but what do you see the dynamic between the Bucks and the Saints being? I think in the past several years, it's become more of a rivalry because the Bucks have won more in, in the recent meetings than they had previously. Um, so I think it's becoming one of those matchups where you're talking about the Bucks and the Saints um, at the top of the division. And, and some of the guys, you know, you talked to them this week and they were talking about um, the physicality of the game and the division game. And then, uh, you know, this meeting, you add the stakes on top of it, that a division mm-hmm. title is on the line. The Bucks want to win it for those reasons, and the Saints want to win it to play spoiler to that and keep their chances alive. And Devin White was saying this week too, he's like, there's, you know, of course, a lot of respect between these two teams. And you want to go up against the best. And that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes a rivalry is if, you know, one team wins it this year, another team wins it this year. And then it goes through the waves of like one team wins it. You know, I think the Bucks have won the last three, and then will it swing back in the Saints' favor at some point, or do the Bucks keep winning? Um, so it's neat to see. And like I said, when you throw the stakes on top of it, um, of yeah. having the division title and a spot in the playoffs on the line, is just like amplified. Yeah, we had um, Fox Sports's Greg Allman on earlier this week. I asked him what he thought this game was going to come down to. So I'm not going to tell you what he said, but I'm going to ask you the same question okay. and, and see what you think. Okay. I'm, I'm saying turnovers, takeaways. And then if the Bucks offense can get points on the board and get the, the touchdowns, that was big for that last game is like, not only were they getting the points off of the turnovers, but it was touchdowns. Um, so I think that's going to be a big factor in this. That's funny. What did Greg he said, say? He, he said Love turnovers, Greg, by the way. and then he said scoring early, you know, getting in the end zone early for sure. <laughs> uh, Love it, Greg. Really, Same wavelength. Yeah, there you go. Special teams isn't usually sexy or anything like that, but obviously want to talk about it for a minute. How has that played into to the season? Because Chase McLaughlin has been pretty solid. I mean, he hasn't missed an extra point, and he's 26 of 28 field goals. Yeah. He's been a really solid player for the Bucks, and that's what you want out of your kicker. So I was looking because he made a, a 51 yarder. I forget it was 50 plus um, last week against the Jaguars. And I looked up and I'm like, I feel like he's been really good from 50 plus. So with including that one from this past Sunday, he's six of seven from 50 plus, mm-hmm. which is like incredible. Like not only do you want your consistency with like the chip shot field goals, the extra points, obviously. But when you can send your kicker out there and the range is like his range is longer and you're confident in it. I mean, if you're thinking about a 50 yard and you're like, oh, he's got it. I mean, that's major. I mean, think about how many games come down to just one, two, three points. And that is the difference in the game, especially early in the season when the Bucks were not finding the end zone as much as they wanted to. Well, it'll be interesting to see what this one does come down to. I'm sure the emotions will be high. There is a lot on the line. JD, you got anything else before we let let Karen go about the rest of her day? No, we're going to let Karen go to work and we're going to wish her well. We're not going to wish the Bucks well, but we're going to wish Karen well. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. 
Of course, anytime. Appreciate Karen joining us. The game kicks off at 12 Central on Fox. Since it's away, go ahead, settle in early, and go to NewOrleansSaints.com to check our pregame show at 11 a.m. As always, John DeShazer, Scott Shanley, and myself will be back post-game for analysis of this big matchup and sound from head coach Dennis Allen and players. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Enjoy the weekend, and go Saints! Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.